live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada the Engineer, with me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. Uh, one of us is a replicant, but which one? I don't know, it changes from day to day. Um, but we got an exciting show for you tonight. Lots of products and videos and news, and it's not out yet, and IMPIs and more, Mr. Yep. Lady Ada. What's going on? Let's tell them what's on tonight's show. On and the tonight's show, it's Portal Power, 10% off the native store, all the way up till 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. Use it to save 10% off and also get some free stuff on checkout. Do a little bit of recap of our live shows, including Desk of Lady Ada, which was over the weekend, and the great search, JP's product pick of the week. Got some main New York City factory footage, some advanced manufacturing, speed up video from now Pedro, IMPI, top secret, new products. We answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Put your questions up throughout the show. And of course, at the end, we will get to them all. All that and more on Ask an Engineer. Yay! Okay, so first up, um, free stuff has changed a little bit, but um, it's because uh, free shipping is going to be weird for the next week or so while we have FedEx as an option and some other shipping options while the UPS strike is looming. Uh, the latest update with that is um, the pilots at UPS said if there's a strike, we're going to not fly too. So everyone's kind of um, just waiting for this to happen. It's going to be another week. We have FedEx, the rates are great. Um, but there is free stuff that you can add to your cart in addition to the 10% discount, Lady Ada. What's the free stuff to get? Yes, we still have $99 or more, the half-size Promo Proto uh, PCB, which takes your half-size uh, project, half-size breadboard projects and makes them permanent. You solder them into this PCB. Um, we still have the 149 or more KB2040 microcontroller with an RP2040 that runs MicroPython or CircuitPython. It's got eight megabytes of flash. It's pro micro pinout compatible with StemIQT and buttons, all that good stuff. Uh, now comes an Adafruit Black. And we still have plenty of Circuit Playground Expresses. Yay! So $299 or more, you get a Circuit Playground Express, um, which is our favorite microcontroller board. Okay, uh, from Disk Lady Ada, we do that every single Sunday. What is the thing that was on your desk this week, Lady Ada? Okay, um, so I showed off a new design that I've got for um, the ESP32 S3 Metro. I like to make metros. Um, it's a way for me to shove a lot of electronics into a kind of a standard shape that lets people use shields and a lot of accessories that are designed for the Arduino Uno uh, mounting hole and, and configuration. Uh, so this is an S3 feather with uh, like the most flash and RAM. So it'll be very handy because we're going to be doing more experiments and uh, it's good to it's good to have lots of space to do that in. Uh, okay. So we go through the design and talk about it. We also show off um, a new shield uh, revision, um, the chip that was used for the touchscreen controller got discontinued. So we got a new one. In fact, it's one of the new products tonight. Uh, and so I showed off a shield that integrates that new um, touchscreen controller. Yeah. And we also show off uh, an RTK sample for like tiny little Neo F9P. It's a miniature version of the F9P RTK module from Ublocks um, that we got in. It's not released yet, so it's like coming soon. But um, yeah, Sunday is when you can get a sneak, sneak, sneak preview. We try to post up everything real time as we get new samples in. Um, we put stuff across the socials, but that's when um, you're seeing it actually on the desk. And it's a, very unreleased, very new, you yeah. know, like just really what I'm working on um, and not not like finished products, but uh, yeah. in progress engineering. Yeah. Uh, desk of Lady Ada is the show that we want to see out there. It'd be like, it'd be cool to know what um, it's getting worked on, what interesting new chip is out there. So. Um, there's not many shows out there like that, so that's why we... Yeah, yeah. they're like, what's coming down the pipe in a couple months? This is a great way to yeah. do it. Um, and then we do the Great Search, which um, for the Great Search, if you have something that you can't find or you're doing a substitution, let us know. We get most of these via whatever form of social media. Um, but every week you look for something that someone says, oh, like, It'd be great if I had this on a board or yeah, where do I find it? Yeah, me or somebody else. So this time uh, somebody posted on social media and said, hey, um, I want a SMT mounted screw terminal block. And so I showed off a couple of different terminal blocks, including SMT mounted ones that are a push type, um, the Wago blocks, which I've used a lot of. Um, and you just, just watch out, make sure you're not using them at too high a temperature. And then I do show that there are SMD screw terminal blocks. They're more expensive than through hole style. 
but there's a couple of times when you really might want um, a surface mount version of uh, a, a terminal block. So um, there's a couple of different uh, manufacturers that make them, and I go through some of the pros and cons of each one. Okie dokie. And then um, during the week, we do JP's product pick of the week. That's where we broadcast live from product page. Discounts automatically private for here is this week's highlight. It is the GamePad QT. It is a Seesaw chip-based Stemma QT-connected GamePad. It has the two-axis joysticks. That's an analog dual potentiometer right there, as well as the four ABXY buttons and start select. GamePad QT plugged in over Stemma QT cable to the featherboard. If I want to move my servo arm there that I happen to have connected a NeoPixel stick to, I can just move that analog LEDs to different colors so I can set those to red or yellow, green, some steering on one axis and I want to do some speed stuff on another. Uh, you can see I can set the speed, variable speed on the DC motor there using that little thumbstick. So it's just a ton of I.O. all in one place. Great for robotics projects, uh, as you can tell there. It is the GamePad QT. All right, going to move right along. Just got a lot to cover in this show. We're going to try to keep it on track this week. Coding community, news in the world of Python on hardware. Lots going on. Um, special thanks to Paul and Katney, who Thank are um, co-hosting, guest editing the newsletter, and we'll be back next week. Uh, your Python's going on right now. Check it out. There's some sessions online. You'll probably see some Python news. Um, one trend, because we're going to talk about trends in a moment, is um, I used to, there used to be easier ways to keep track of what hardware projects were going on on Kickstarter and Crowd Supply and Indiegogo and Group Gets. They had like RSS feeds and all, none of them do it anymore. Um, but one of the things I would look for is what programming language the hardware projects would say you could do stuff. And for a while it was mostly Arduino. Then it kind of switched. Now it's MicroPython, CircuitPython, Python. And very often that's that's it um out of the box because they want to have the most people using it and also the most support and also there's a big community um you don't see as much c or arduino anymore and so this calculator project this is a kickstarter um is another example so uh MicroPython out of the box uh compatible with circuit python i think what you're going to see is hardware that's uh released in a crowdfunding format um, what they want is the most people to use them and the big community and where the, the trend is uh, who want to have something like this. And we want to do a calculator, so that's kind of cool. Um, maybe we'll contact them later and see if we can stop it. Uh, so that's good news. Um, projects, please check them out. The newsletter is chock full of stuff. Um, the two highlights that I wanted to share this week, one is going to just be uh, from a scientist, professor, a researcher person who was published in Nature magazine, big deal. Um, they did Lung Elast. It's an open source, flexible, low cost micro processor controlled mouth lung elastometer. Um, basically new therapies ahead. Um, first it's mice and it's people um, for all sorts of different things. And they're using some Adafruit stuff and they're using uh, Python. And so this is, you know, one of the many things that we're starting to see out there, which is doing hardware it needs to be open source. Um, this particular uh, paper that's published goes into some of the reasons why you might want to do this. They're like, all this stuff is really expensive. It's all closed source. We would prefer to have researchers be able to do this and not have, um, you know, proprietary sensors and proprietary everything. It'd be cool if this was available. Uh, low cost is another thing. Um, so check it out. It means more people can do research. Yeah. So I'll just quote, these ventilator systems are closed source and expensive and not available to use by investigators with limited budgets. So, um, this is the open source microprocessor controlled lung elastomer, lung elast, and it is meant to use a stepper motor, the syringe piston thing, and, um, you know, altogether 200 bucks compared to something that's into the thousands. Um, so, you know, this is where things have been going for a while. And uh, my uh, pick of the week for things that are going on in Python hardware is uh, from an article that Axter did. And the title of the article is Arduino extends its MicroPython support, launching new ID installer and curated package index. So, you know, this is kind of a big deal. Um, if you search the web, I have an article from a million years ago 
that says, why are Arduino one and why it's here to stay? And I closed the article and this was over a decade is if anything's replaced, but that replaces Arduino, it's going to look a lot like Arduino. And I think this is the next chapter in Arduino. I just wrote an article about the changing face of open source. Um, but over the last few years, when Arduino has had Arduino day, and when we talked to the teams, we're like, hey, Python support would be great. A quick semiconductor connector would be great. Um, having a UF2 bootloader so it shows up as a disk drive would be great. So all these things we've wanted for a really long time. We wanted, we're like, hey, here's a small form factor. We're calling it Feather. Do you want to use it? There's all these things that we thought would be good. But this is kind of a, a big deal. And I thought Lady could talk about why it's a big deal that like full on, like my, you can now like the, the IDE that you're used to with Arduino is going to have MicroPython. Yeah, well, it's a new IDE, but it's very interesting because, yeah, I, you know, like I think Arduino, the company has dabbled in having MicroPython support for their boards, the NRF52840. I mean, the NRF52840 was already kind of supported by MicroPython. So it was like, you know, they were like, okay, we just made a board definition. Um, and then the Portenta series with the STM, and um, I think they were using the fork from um, uh, Open Camera, I can't remember, the, the, the visual, the AI camera um, folks, sorry totally space uh, the name that uh the group um but now what open, open, yeah. open cv yeah. open cv i think sorry i it doesn't matter um you read the article i'm sure it's in there um but what's interesting now is you know they released a new board and it's esp32 s3 based and you know it, it's s3 of course has uh, from espresso has great arduino support um it's also the first time that they're doing a board that has the esp32 family as the main That was another chip. one, yeah. And usually it's a coprocessor, but now they're finally like, oh, okay, this is actually like a really yeah. powerful chip that does Wi-Fi, it's inexpensive, and it's dual core. In the like financial world and like the entire other world that we're not in and everything, if I was like an analyst, I would be like, what's going on a microchip? Like the people that make all the decisions that kind of have the, the developers from, I guess you'd say bottom up, but whatever, bringing the new technologies into companies and what chip you're going to use eventually to hundreds of thousands to millions of deploys in some way. Yeah. Now it's a microchip. Well, what's interesting is that, you know, you, you had the article last week about um, investment in Arduino because they took a well, yeah. investment and they got investment from ARM and RSS and they have a new, you know, the new Metro R4, the, yeah. the new Uno R4 um, that features the Renesas RA4M1 series. And that's an ARM Cortex chip. Um, this is like the first time that's like a, you know, a 10 silica chip is the, is the main core. Um, I think very interesting, but I think like the market wants this, like people want to use the espresso chipset, but now MicroPython yeah. has moved from just being, okay, you can run it. It's not like the main story, but it's like a thing you can do. Um, to now it's becoming, you know, there's now tutorials that they've written. There's an installer. That's really easy. I think, you know. I'm sure they were inspired by our um, online web installer yeah. that we don't have on for a year. We don't have any insights um, with the Arduino team anymore. And I put this in my article and like, basically there was a point where like we were doing lots of stuff with Arduino and then like, we're essentially considered competition. I don't think so, but I get it. That's what, that's how, that's what I was told. Um, I think there's plenty of room. We should all work together, but I, I know what's probably happening. This is my guess. Arduino is still doing stuff in education and education moved to Python a long time ago. If you're learning computer science, if you're learning computer programming in some way, you're using Python. So it's a really hard sell, I think, to say, okay, all the kids are learning Python all the way through college and everything's data science, AI, blah, 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 Python, 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 Python. Um, here, uh, learn this completely separate other thing, C and Arduino and everything, like, you know, end that. So, you know, learn this and this when you can transfer that knowledge from one to the other. You know, Python, you can be doing hardware. So I think they were getting a lot of uh, requests. Definitely, the, I think education wants Python. But I also think there is, you know, like as, as someone who's, you know, we publish and support board support packages for Arduino. That is like a lot of work, right? Making yeah. a board support package uh, for MicroPython or Arduino. Um, or circuit Python, a new chip, not like, oh, I'm making a new shape with an existing chip. That's easy. But it's like, okay, we're going to add support for the Renaissance chipset. Um, you know, TDUSB helps with that for sure. If we use, you know, if you get the yeah, USB core taken care of, which is in the list, Arduino, Embed was supposed to work with it, but and, you know, Embed was supposed to do this, but Embed 
got you know ended like they're over yeah. um it's no longer supported um by arm which is a bummer because it's like just like when people were starting to use it what's interesting with um this is arduino might be saying look you you know historically they would do a board score package for the you know at mega 32 u4 or the samd 21 and you you know you would um people would make boards that use that chip but you wouldn't be able to be in the ide and then they opened it up so that you can have anybody open, yeah so you just have the url for a board support package and so espresso took advantage of that and said look you install the ide but then you install the espressive board support package and i think you know at first it's probably like whoa like you know arduino's kind of losing they're probably like whoa we're losing control of the board support packages but the espressive bsp got very good and they might like if you know they had they might have had like a, a good realization of like the really hard work which is maintaining board score packages other people should do yeah so micropython the board support package is managed by micropython espressive manages their own board support package like yeah they should do like you know renaissance and other you know on on demand but like arduino will never be able to add every chipset to micropython or to arduino they have to get other companies involved yeah if and, we're going to continue to add more it's, and, it's, it's just limit it's a human limitation and this latest update like generally speaking more different programming languages that work on the board you have is better so a great example is there is a new world of embedded computing now that you can use MakeCode, you can use arduino micropython circuit python rust javascript and this might all be on the same board we have a board you know we have lots of boards that can do all those different things yeah and so and you buy the hardware once so this is like kind of the, the one of the best times to be doing hardware but arduino kind of saying like okay here it is python on hardware um is that the arc of that story i do think um you're going to start to see some other um bigger uh projects probably like rust or something like that be you know yet another option because you're gonna have like c you're gonna have python they're probably gonna be something else that like i think i mean i think c is is great and it's powerful but there it's it look particularly as you're getting to like the sp32 s3 is actually perfect for micropython because you want iot and wi-fi which yeah. means like you're dealing with states and managing the states and IoT is a lot of like getting buffers and you're parsing the buffers and you're getting data and you're packaging the data. And Arduino is not, C is not good at string buffers. It just isn't. It's like, it's exactly how every security problem is caused by like not being able to deal with your buffers and memory management that's handled for you in Python. Um, and state machines and stuff is also easier to deal with in Python than in C. Um, and you get exceptions, which is really great. And, um, Compilation time for these, you know, the expressive chipset is like it's long. It takes a really long time to compile code for the ESP and to upload it. Like the flash is big. You know, you have the TLS stack, the Wi-Fi, you know, any of your accessory stacks. If you're running MicroPython or CircuitPython, you can do this really fast iteration. Yeah. And if your if your flash memory is for like it's getting to four megabytes and it's starting to fill up more than a meg that's it no no matter how you're uploading your code it takes a long time to yeah. upload a meg. i think like the REPL for debugging is just like another faster way yeah. to do things for a lot of people so anyways um that's the python hardware news you know I, there this was my here's my rant section ready yeah. minor rant section so i really really like make magazine and hackspace and i even like ee times and like i get information from all those but the all of the publications out there they're not they're not covering stuff like this anymore they're not like my article about open source like that's not gonna that's it's a totally different world now um the company what's going on like this deep like what language is it's just not covered in the same way so hopefully the newsletter is helpful for people and everything but there is it there is an article out there that someone could write or a series of articles or a microcontroller programming language index. I just don't have time to do it. And if I did it, people would say, oh, you're just covering it for stuff. But there is like the programming language chart that it, it there's that everyone kind of agrees like, oh, this is this is these are the most used programming languages. And here's the trend lines. It would be nice for someone to start to do something like that. To me, that's a very like make or hackspace or like EE times or Alistair covers the stuff. Right. But so Alistair is in works for Raspberry Pi. So of course it's one of those things where it's nice to have outsiders that aren't working at the companies. Um, since we, you know, kicked off with a Blade Runner 
uh, reference uh, with JP's project. It's like, oh, it's just business. It's I am the business. Like, yeah. you know, it's hard <laughs> when I write an article now, because I'm not at make, I'm not doing hack a day. Um, when I write an article, it's like, oh, it must be about Adafruit. It's like, well, there's going to be some Adafruit in it, whether I like it or not. But it would be nice to have that like index, a monthly index of like, here's all the projects that are out there, and here's the programming language for microcontrollers. And it's just, it's just not the type of article. I don't think Hackaday is going to do it. That that would be like a kind of cool service, maybe Supply Frame, which they're part of. Um, that's an interesting index. So that's my rant. That's my that's my rant that it's like that's an opening for something out there that'd be really useful. Yeah. But I think it's hard to do it when you're working for a company that does something. I think like we could get away with it because we're like super transparent, open sourcey. But even that, it's like I kind of don't want to deal with. Um, well, you know, you're covering more Python stuff because you do more Python stuff. Like, well, we also do the most Arduino library. So now what? Uh, okay, so that's our Python on hardware okay. news for the week. That was my little mini rant. I think this is an interesting pinpoint in yeah. the in in the history and story of, of uh, Python hardware. Newsletter gets get all these news things and more. Uh, Adafruitdaily.com. Yeah. All right. So speaking of open source hardware, Lady Ada, we yes. have a ton of guides. How many guides do we have? Glad you asked. Um, is it still published at the bottom? It is still published at the bottom. Um, let me, um, but the only thing though is I have to open up another tab. So um, hold on. No, I'm going to find it. Open up another tab. Let's scroll to the bottom. Okay. Oh, 2,899 guides, I'm counting. Okay. So it's going to be like 2,900 guides. There's like, I know actually another guide got submitted and I didn't put it in yet. Yeah. Okay. Melissa's guide is going to be number 20. All right, what's on the big board this week? Um, we got a guide for the no-no school up. So yeah, uh, those are the only four okay. projects. I think. So we got the audio BFF guide from Liz. Thanks, Liz, for writing up. Uh, you have a micro SD card. You have an I2S amplifier. Make some tunes. Um, she ported um, example code to Arduino. So you can use, um, I think you can use RP2040 QDPI in Arduino, or you can use uh, ESP32 or RP2040 on um, CircuitPython to play audio files off of the SD card and output them to the um, I2S amp. And then um, from the earlier, the video um, of this Tyrell desktop synthesizer, I think JP, I think he like made, he was gonna make something with the capacitive touch and I was, and it was like this drone audio. And I was like, well, why don't you just make it like a Blade Runner artifact? And I don't know, I think he went with it, it's cool. Uh, Phil B finished this project. He actually started this a couple months ago, but there was like, it was really complicated, but he finally um, hammered those last nails, dotted those last T's and crossed those last I's or something and uh, got the NES emulator on RP2040 DVI feather output. So it's got DVI output natively from the RP2040 and it's emulating a Nintendo and it's handling button presses um, and possibly even you can plug in um, a, a controller and uh i think it even i don't know if it does audio i think it doesn't do audio but i could, could be wrong about that um and you can play games off of the sd card and it's awesome so uh check it out from phil b it's super fun and he has like three different ways for you can build the project and then uh robert smith um has been hacking toys for us um we give him the technology and he runs with it so this week he did the fisher price um, Kiki Piano, this is a classic uh, toy that a lot of kids get, age two to four months usually is when they get it. And they like to kick it and maybe eventually they get tired of it, but that's cool. You can have it uh, into a foot pedal and it's actually like really durable. So if you need something that has five buttons and it has like good clicky responses and, and lights, so you can control, he shows how to convert the brains into, I think a KB2040 and you can run keyboard software on it. So it can be like your vi or emacs foot pedal control approaching so. 3000 guides soon barreling towards the future i know all right here is some factory footage
do some 3D printing. This week we have a speed up. Take it away, you know, Pedro. go over to INMPI. Port Power is the code 10% off the native store and you'll also get a bunch of free stuff too. Let's kick it. My name is Brian Barkey, Brian DigiKey, and Adafruit every week we find the latest and greatest new things. This week is Texas Instruments Lady Ada. What is this week's new product introduction? Oh, I'm glad you asked. This week's INMPI is on the TI-TPS61022. It is a new all-in-one synchronous boost converter from TI. It looks like this. It's so small. It's a SOT uh, 5X3, I think is the package. It's like a little tiny 8-pin chip, but it's extremely powerful. This thing features a 5.5-amp integrated um, uh, pass uh, control FET on the inside and can give you 1.8 volts to 5.5 input and 2.2 to 5.5 output. It is adjustable, but pretty much... It's a five volt boost converter that can give you up to two amps from a lithium ion or lithium polymer battery. Um, it's small, it's inexpensive, it's powerful, and it's kind of all in one because it's synchronous um, and it has uh, the uh, uh, internal, uh, the, the pass transistor, the power transistor um, internal to the chip. It also has a couple settings like PFM versus PWM mode and has a power good output. Um, you might be familiar with this family. Um, this is a similar chip. This is a six pin version. This is the TPS 61023, which uh, we have used. And this one's great. This gives you about one amp at five volts output. Um, and uh, this baby uh, we have in the stores are mini boost, which, you know, we expect you to put in a lipo in, get five volt out one amp. But um, a lot of people want more current. So that's why the TPS 61022, uh, sorry, 033 comes in. Pardon me. Uh, so you can see it's super easy to get wired up. You need basically only an input capacitor, an output bulk capacitor, and a uh, inductor, you know, half a microhenry or one microhenry inductor. Um, the size of the chip is about uh, two by one and a half millimeters. And the inductor you'll see is about four by four millimeters. Um, there is a feedback that you can use to connect if you want to have an adjustable output voltage. But if you just want five volts, turns out you can just tie the um, FB pin to, I think, V in. It'll automatically detect it and give you five volts out. Um, we're familiar with the TI TPS series because we've used them a lot in our Power Boost chips. Um, so, Power Boost 500 and 1000. Um, our boost converters that we've used to get from one cell lithium ion or lithium polymer to 500 milliamps or 1000 milliamps, one amp. Um, these are fairly old products. We've had these for like, you know, probably almost a decade now. It's probably been like six, seven years. Um, we eventually originally made this because there were a lot of people who wanted to make uh, DIY cell phone chargers or you wanted to run something like an Arduino of a lithium ion battery. And this is kind of an all in one board um, that doesn't have some of the downsides of. Um, USB power packs because you can, you know, of course, get an off-the-shelf lipstick power pack, but uh, those often don't deal with low current draw well, um, and also they're not as easy to embed because they're kind of all uh, in one. You can't change the battery size, so these boards are kind of, you know, designed for for makers and creators who um, need five volts out and a chargeable battery in. Uh, so this one uses um, the PowerBoost One Five Hundred uses the TPS uh, One. TPS 61090, and then the 1000 uses the TPS 61030. Those are two and four amp internal switch 
a piece. So the two amp one will give you 500 milliamps out. Please remember that the, this switch has to handle the input current peak, not just the output current. And if you're boosting to five volts and you know you have 90% efficiency and your battery gets as low as 2.5 volts, blah, 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 you can do the math. Basically, uh, you know, you can get 500 milliamps out of the uh, TPS 61090 or um, one amp out of the TPS 61030. But people are always asking me, well, why don't you have the power boost 2000, right? It's like you have a 500 milliamp, 1000 milliamp, but we want two amps. Why? Because you're getting something like Raspberry Pi single board computer, or you've got really big screens, or you've got a lot of, you know, motors or whatever accessories, you need two amps of power. Um, well, this chip will do it, and it will do it at pretty good efficiency as well. If your VIN is around 3.3 to 3.6 volts, which is uh, kind of what you'll get out of a lithium ion battery in the prime of its life, 90% efficiency, um, you'll get two amps out at PWM mode. And then, you know, you could always go, if you're, you're dealing with uh, low current, so on, on the right-hand side, there's a, um, a graph of the efficiency with PFM mode. Um, that's good for low current draws, so you see, if you're dealing with uh, 10 or less. Um, yeah, basically, like, if you're under... 200 milliamps you might or 100 milliamps you might want to change to pfm mode you'll get better efficiency uh, it's not good at high current it's good at low current so there is a gpio pin you know or io pin that you can connect to switch between the two of course whatever you're using with this power boost uh this sorry the tps chip you'll need to know what the current is and adjust it so uh, it does require a little bit of finessing it's not automatic um but there is a pin that you can use to easily control uh, which mode it's in. Um, it's a fully synchronous integrated boost converter, which is nice. You can see that um, one of the benefits of that is, of course, the bill of materials is less. You don't have to purchase a separate uh, transistor or um, low uh, forward voltage Schottky diode. Instead, it uh, does it all for you with internal transistors that are very low RDS on. I think it's like 20 and 40 milliohm RDS on um, transistors and it has a, a gate driver as well for you, um, which is super nice. Uh, it also means that the input and output are completely disconnected when uh, disabled. The enable pin is off, which is really handy. So you don't have to worry about back powering. Um, the body diodes um, aren't something you have to be concerned about and there's no leakage through um, some shocky diode. Um, there, that mode pin on the left, that's the for PFM versus PWM. There is a PG power good output. So you can use that to indicate LED or to connect to some other circuitry. Um, it will tell you when, um, the input power is sufficient to drive the output, uh, ground again, feedback. You can use a wizard divider or just tie it to VN and then the enable pin, um, which can be used for uh, total low power disconnection of everything. Um, it's a very small chip. Like I said, it's an eight pin SOT 5X3, I think is the part number. And, um, you know, the layout they designed, you know, they, they made the pin. So, uh, in order to make it very easy for you to do the layout with very big, chunky copper pores, and you'll need those copper pores. Cause remember you're, you're pulling about five and a half amps through these traces. So the V in V out. Uh, inductor trace and the ground pads, you're going to want them to be very big. You know, of course, it's always better to do a four layer, but I think you get away with two layer, um, especially if you have two ounce copper on the outer two layers. Uh, just make sure you have a nice big ground plane um, and a nice V out and V in plane, and you'll need the bulk capacitance as well. Uh, they do have some suggestions for, um, you know, whether you want to use electrolytic or tantalum or ceramic. And then don't forget the thing that is going to provide power. So your battery, if you're using a lithium ion battery, um, you can use a single, you know, 18650 cell, or this is three parallelized and uh, goes through a protection circuit. But you need this to be able to supply five amps also, which is non-trivial, right? So just make sure whatever pack you use or whatever battery or power source, um, that that, it, you know, you want to have a protection cell, but that protection circuitry can't trip before you hit the amount of current that you want to draw out of it. So uh, just something to be uh, to consider, um, you know, I, when I first put together a chip, uh, a boost converter with this kind of chip, 
I was like, why am I not able to get, you know, two amps out of it? Because my battery was current limiting it. Because um, that input has to be, again, much higher by the proportion of the input to the output voltage. Available voltage gain. It's in stock. Lots of them are about a dollar less in quantity. The TPS 61033. Sorry, I said 022. Again, my, my numbers mixed. They, uh, um, there is a 61022. It's also a very good chip. I think that was the 8 amp version. Um, but it's not a new new chip. It's a little bit bigger too. But this one um, would be great. And the data sheet even says, yes, absolutely. You can get 2 amps out of this from a lithium battery, uh, 5 volts. So um, this one is a perfect... PowerBoost 2000 chip. All right, and that's this week's great search. Sorry, yeah, NMPI, which is a great search, sort of. It gets my great searches and my INMPI is confused well, because, because one's, we're both on DigiKey and we're also kind of trying to find the thing, so. This is the reverse way. This is a thing I found and needs a, it. it yeah. What is it used for? The other time it's I need something and I don't, so together together works like, out. Yeah, I guess there's been job. I guess there's been a time where there's probably been a great search and then an INMPI. Yeah. Later, it's like oh one day that'll be out and then it comes out. Okay. Um, port power is the code. Let's uh, jump right into new products. <laughs> Okay, jumping right in. Coming soon. Okay, coming soon. We've got this uh, Raspberry Beret uh, kind you put on your single board computer. This is something I designed for myself, actually, because I was so tired of wiring and unwiring um, displays and STEM QT connectors, and I had wanted to test uh, functionality with some buttons or a switch. Um, so I decided, oh, I'll, I'll put this in the shop. Other people might find it handy. It's a very slim hat, a very tiny little hat that goes on your two by 20 Raspberry Pi. You get uh, two tactile buttons on pins five and six, one switch on pin 13, and an iSpy connector, which you can use to connect to our various OLEDs and TFTs and the ink displays. It's got the SPI, DC, chip select, um, busy pin, IRQ pin, uh, touch screen, selector pin, whatever, all those. Um, so you can, you know, many of our um, displays now have it automatically. So you can uh, definitely make your, uh, like any ink display here, you just plug it in um, and you can use a fairly long cable and you don't have wires sticking out all over the place. And also a STEM QT port, very handy. This is coming soon. It's not yeah. yet. Thanks, so. Um, This one is kind of also-ish coming soon, but it's it's going to be in the store so quickly. I might as well just uh, cover it now. Um, it's the TSC 2046. It's an SPI resistive touchscreen controller. We have in the shop a very similar sounding TSC 2007. That's the I2C version. This one is SPI. It's really common. This is like supporting the Linux kernel, the Arduino library we wrote. Um, uh, you can uh, use it with any four wire resistive touchscreen. It's three to five volt compatible, which is very nice. So you can use it uh, with just about any microcontroller or microcomputer. Um, we have a one millimeter um, bi-directional, like top and bottom contact um, connector on there, but uh, also there's breakouts. Um, it is SPI. So, you know, there's more pins than I2C, but you get um, an IRQ. So it tells you when the touchscreen has been touched. Um, busy pin, you let me know, it, you, you can tell when it's doing a touch. And there's also uh, two uh, VBAT and auxiliary or two ADC inputs. So, you know, it's actually can be handy if you're on like a single board computer or something where you want to measure a battery voltage and you don't want to like wire up an ADC just for that. Um, this has a um, input that is two times, it, there's a resistor divider already in it. So it can measure two times um, whatever your power is. So like 2.5 volts, I think is the AREF. It can give you up to five volts input. Um, it's a nice little resistive touchscreen controller. We'll be using it in some future breakouts. Next up. Uh, next up, more swirly grids. Um, Scott loves these. Um, he designed some more for me. Uh, this is a two by 10. This is a five by five. And then we have the biggest 10 by 10 size. Um, right. various sizes. You know, it's basically, uh, each block is 0.6 inches. So it's either six inch by six inch, three inch by three inch, or 1.2 by six inch. Maybe I'll hold them up. 
Oh, I can show them on the overhead for different sides. Yeah, like, which do you want to do? Uh, what are you going to do overhead? Let's do overhead because I think the overhead. Oh, sure. Okay, so this is one second. Out of focus. Oh, it's too out of focus y. Yeah, they're still in the plastic. Bags. Yeah, but. Okay, so this is the 10 by 10. And somebody asked, I think, like last week, why are these aluminum and not PCB? I think that, uh, you know, like FR4. Uh, first off, these are a lot easier to machine. You could drill and cut them, and you shouldn't be doing that with FR4 because you're going to get fiberglass dust, whereas this is just aluminum. So it's, there's a lot of tools that can handle cutting, drilling, filing, bending aluminum. Um, also, it's not too bad to have it be conductive. You know, you might want um, a gigantic grab plane, say, but uh, definitely easier to machine and and work with. So I think for roboticists, this will be handy. You could also bend these, um, which I could see, you know, if you have a, a break, um, you could use this to um, make uh, cuts and bends and to turn these into different shapes. Um, so this is the five by five grid. So this is um, three inches by three inches. Um, we also already have the five by ten, which is three by six inches, and then this one is six by six. Of course, you can take this and you can cut this, and you know you have a hacksaw, cut it down. But uh, probably more convenient just to get the size that you need. And then finally, I kind of like this ruler-ish size. And what's nice is you know you've got the um, mounting holes and mounting slots every point two inches, and the slots go. Um, uh, 0.3 inches and so you know as long as you you don't mind not having all four points connected you can pretty much connect anything that you want onto this grid i mean i think like it's got enough uh motion in each direction and then we've got some uh, demo images maybe you could show so you know i expect people will probably use this with stuff like stem iqt and feather boards you just do opposite corners um and then you can mount them easily uh for a nice uh, semi-permanent yeah use nylon standoffs Maybe a semi-permanent setup, um, nice and durable, but configurable. Okay. Mm, and then the start of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Adar community, our customers, our entire team who makes this thing go called Adafruit is... The Matrix Portal S3. So we have Matrix Portal, where we actually did just have Matrix Portal M4s back in stock. But here's the thing. I'm not going to get more SAMD51s till 2024. You don't want to wait that long. So what we did is we designed a board that's basically drop-in compatible functionality to the SAMD51 based matrix portal, but it's five bucks less, features the ESP32 S3, uh, has great RG matrix support, and it improved a couple of things as well. Um, there's now mounting holes, and now you can either plug it in the bottom or you can connect from the top. So if you look at the first video graphic, you see there's a cable that connects. So you, you no longer have to have it attached to the back. Um, you know, we're, we're poking at the because somebody's going to ask me, how big can you drive? You can drive up to 128 by 128 pixel grid, which is, I think, hold on, get a calculator. Calculator. So 128 times 128. Uh, so 16.4 kilopixels. But of course, it doesn't have to be 128 by 128 squared. It's just like the total number of pixels is that many. So if you're using like 16 by 32 panels, um, that would mean you can, uh, let's see, divide by 16, divide by 32, you can do 32 panels. If you're doing 64 by 64, you can do four panels. If you're doing 64 by 32, you can do eight panels, whatever, however the math works out. Um, that definitely works, but we're going to try to poke it and make it be able to drive even bigger displays. Of course, it's got Wi-Fi built in. In Arduino, there's even uh, Bluetooth low energy support. It still has the accelerometer, USB Type-C for power. Um, you know, uh, STEM IQT port, buttons, NeoPixel for indication. Um, it's a really easy solderless way to get started with RGB matrix displays. And thanks to maker Melissa, um, the CircuitPython uh, matrix portal library, it automatically detects which version you have, this one or the previous. And she tested every example that we have and they all work, um, all of our demos. So you can uh, pick this up if you don't want to wait till um, next year to get a uh, matrix portal m4 and i think this is also going to have much better um wi-fi speed support so as we do more cool wireless projects um the s3 you know is gonna you know because there isn't a secondary chip it's all in one it's gonna do a great job okay 
Uh, don't forget the code is pork power. That stuff is available to purchase, save a buck or two, and also get the free stuff. Um, we have some questions lined up, but we're going to do top secret and then we'll bounce to the questions. Don't forget, you can put your questions up in Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Let's do a couple of videos for top secret mm -hmm. and then we'll do some a uh, little bit of lady to what we're working on and then we'll bounce over to questions. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, first up is we got these U-Block samples. The little lady will talk about that, and then we're gonna play a video at the end. And we got some new designs. So here we go. Lady, what is this? This is another sample that I just got from U-Blocks. Uh, thanks, Michael, for sending these to me. So this is a U-Blocks Neo uh, F9P. So this is a new tiny, tiny version. You can see this kind of cool 3D construction, the U-Blocks chip and crystal and all that in there. Um, and this is an RTK module, so you can do uh, centimeter precision location using a base station. This is uh, how big the previous version was, so it's like half the size. Um, small enough, you know, you could fit it on like a feather board or like maybe even like a stomach, a cutie pie board. Kind of nice. Um, so I just got these in. So I'm going to try uh, designing a breakout board. also like that the pads are on the edge here, so they're more reworkable than having all the center pads. Um, but we're going to be working on some RTK stuff now that you can actually get these modules. Um, thanks, Ublox, and thanks, Michael, for sending these. All right, so uh, you're working on this. Yes, well, these, these samples came in, so they're not available for purchase. So I'm still going to continue working on the F9P with, like, the standard size module. Um, but it's good to know that there is this tiny one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we have ideas. There's feathers and cutie pie. Um, I'll suppose this up. Just a little bit of preview. Yeah, this is a piezo driver. Um, I know these things existed, but it makes sense. It's a little switch cap boost converter that can triple an input voltage and use that to drive a piezo disc. Um, and Carter and I are kind of slowly poking at this idea of maybe having um, native distance measuring capability in a microcontroller. And uh, to do that, you need to really drive a piezo, the, the sonar resonator, you want to drive it very hard. Uh, because it needs to be loud in order to hear the reflected bounce off of an object. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we got a breakout made for the PAM 8904. It's an interesting chip. I just didn't know they existed. I never... Yeah. Look at this monster. This is a beast. This is uh, a Metro with an ESP32-S3. It's got 16 megabytes of internal flash, 8 megabytes of PS RAM. So, um, you know, especially with that Matrix Portal library, you know, working on the S3, if you wanted really like huge 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 displays and you need a lot of ram for it um or you want to do ttl display output which i think we want to experiment with you definitely want to have that eight megabytes of ps ram so this could be kind of interesting and i just kind of shoved all sorts of stuff here like a micro sd card and dc sorry micro sd yeah micro sd over here and then um battery power uh this is the room module dc jack USB C. Uh, JTAG, um, static QT connector, reset button. I don't know. All right. And then we got uh, front and back here. This is another monster. Yeah. So I can't get 7051s, but I do have a real leftover of the J20s. Uh, and so I thought, you know, oh, I could, since I'm not getting the J19s for till next year or more, um, maybe I could do a feather analogger with the J20 um, because it's it's not the same amount of flash and RAM. Um yeah, I don't know. But, you know, it's an interesting idea. I think, you know, we could get through this reel and then maybe we'll get more chips in 2024, maybe earlier than that. Um, so this one is an Ada Logger. It has a micro SD card in the back. Okay. And then the next one, Aaron is working on a tutorial. So, you know, you can get these Wi-Fi USB Teddy Ruxpin bears, probably like a couple hundred dollars worth of animatronics in here off eBay for like 10 bucks. But um, maybe you don't want a teddy bear. So we're going to show you how to uh, skin them. And uh, put a different body on them. So this is uh, Figment, which uh, a lot of people know. Disney character. Um, check it out. And 
that's top secret. Um, we'll have that guide soon. All right. Rolling right into questions, Lady Ada. We have them lined up here. Okay. Here we go. Okay. First up, um, is there any way to could supply a large LCD light valve? I've been looking for solutions for electronics and D filters for cinema cameras, and I think it'd be a great solution. You know, I don't know. Um, that valve is kind of the biggest one. They're usually used for um, welding helmets. So maybe go and get one of those full face welding helmets mm -hmm. and you could take the um, the filter off of that and then you just give it like 12, 12 volts DC to turn it on and off. Okay. Um, person is fairly new to the world of Adafruit and feathers. Um, do all the wings work with all the feathers? Can they be mixed and matched? 99% of all feathers and feather wings work together. There's a few weird exceptions. Um, like there's an RGB matrix feather that says like, this is for the NRF52840. Mm. If it doesn't say specifically, um, then they're generic and it will work with all of them. So like the GPS feather is one that doesn't work on the ESP8266, but we say that clearly. This is like, it doesn't work with the 8266, but it works with everything else. Um, but pretty much all the feathers can work with any of the wings. You can't always stack multiple wings because yet yeah, the pins have to not collide with each other. But yeah, you can you can have multiple wings with a feather, but you can't stack feathers on top of feathers. People do that sometimes. They're like, why didn't this work? And I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. Don't take two microcontroller boards and connect them on top. That's very weird. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to put multiple wings on a feather. The idea was you could have two wings per feather, um, but some people can go to three. Uh, how sped up are the videos of the pick and place and selective solder machines? How fast do those things actually move? So the selective solder machine, you'll be able to tell when it's sped up. This pick and place looks like it's yeah, sped up. The pick and place is, is, it, it looks like is it's that fast, fast. Yeah. But, um, you know, we have probably six, seven years worth of um, manufacturing videos. The ones to look at where you want to see if it's sped up, because usually there's human involved. When the human is like, you know, moving super yeah. fast, it's obviously sped up. Um, but maybe next one that I cut, I'll do um, like regular speed and then sped up and I'll try to mention it in the chat, um, you know, what what section is which. But if you see a person go by um, and it's the selective solder, that one, um, it does move slow. Um, so you'll see yeah. that, but pick and place. Even if it's just doing its thing, it looks always sped up. Next up, um, so you were talking about the power boost before. Do you think there'd be a power boost 2000 in the works? Well, I think what I want to do is, is like a mini boost, a little breakout just to get started. But then, yeah, I, I probably should re review and redo the power boost. I will say that there's a lot of boards that need to be redone. Um, I don't know when I'm going to redo those. So there's no ETA. Like I have okay. to do all the high TFTs over. I have to do the feather TFT wings over. I have to do a bunch of eating displays over. So it's there's a long line of things that didn't, really do a great job of making it through the chip shortage and have to be revised and they're pretty big revisions okay uh what's the refresh rate like on these tricolor e-ink displays nowadays try tricolor e-ink displays are usually 15 seconds okay uh what does the four and fr4 denote wikipedia say there are other grades of fr circuit board but doesn't explain what the four specifically means i don't know probably 3m knows i bet they came up with the name okay uh, this person wants to take their skills to the next level, but they're too young to go to e-school. Is there any supplementary resources on circuit theory that you can recommend? You know, it's actually quite, um, it's quite tough to learn circuit theory. Um, so the question is, you know, if you want to learn analog or you want to learn digital, um, there's definitely like open courseware. It's intense, um, but you could take that. Uh, there's the Forrest Mims books that they do cover a little bit of theory. Um, some people are going to say, uh, get Art of Electronics and they're totally wrong. Art of Electronics is not, does not teach circuit theory. It's a reference guide, which you can read once you know theory. Um, I don't know. I'm going to make a suggestion. Yeah. Come up with the project that you want to do and that'll help tune your resource list because this yeah. is a really hard thing. It's like, it's, circuit theory. Big. it's like, oh, yeah. I want to learn mechanical yeah. engineering. It's but, like, for what? But one thing you can do, and we've seen this, um, we can give you some success stories. There's people that have said, I want to go down this path. I'm too young. They started a project. They would pop in on like Desk of Lady Ada or ask an engineer. Like they want to build a drone or they and, want to build like a go-kart. Yeah, and they, would, and they would have a resource, our live show each week or our forums or whatever, and say, oh, I'm trying to do this. Where do I go? Where, like if you want to, to do this? power electronics, 
yeah build a like a motorized scooter a like everyone i know who does robots and motorized scooters is like so good at power electronics and i'm like i don't know any of that stuff because i yeah. never got into power scooters so i'd say you know pick a project and that'll help lead you to because it's hard to say okay circuit theory it's almost like i want to get into theoretical physics which is cool um but if you wanted to build a thing um you're going to need a specific application and that's when you the the, the the work goes into like, oh, I want to learn this little piece, this little dent of knowledge to build the thing versus like, I want to circuit theory. Yeah. Or, okay, next up. Um, can the U-block do centimeter accurate altitude? You know, I don't know because I've actually never looked at the altitude output, but I bet it does because it just does, you know, it, it does time of flight, whatever distance from your known base station. And so for it to know where you are, it must have full 3d so imagine it does approximately centimeter x y and z and uh as noted in the chat so you were up to 300 um redesigns we're up to 400 and we were gonna finish 400 this weekend yeah no break yeah so we're up to 400 redesigns and we were gonna like we're gonna celebrate in some way we're gonna make a joke like let's do 420 and have like psychedelic things to blah 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 um but it's probably kind of an easy joke to do uh, so we're going to do something with 400. If, any, if anyone has any ideas, it's not like anniversaries or birthdays. Like, what's the anniversary medal of 400? Yeah, like, you know, people, not elves or anything. Yeah, uh, we're not elves. <laughs> so um, we'll see. Replicants. Yeah, we'll see. And replicants have a, a, a fixed lifestyle. TikTok. Lifetime. They do. What is it, like 35 years? Yeah, there was... Um, I think it was one of the... It was supposed to be a continuation of the Blade Runner series where this... Uh, the, the replicants would go in cryo and that way they could live longer not they, they could still do the number of days they have left but they could go in cryo and they could last longer because the yeah. clock was wouldn't always be yeah uh you know ticking yeah. they would be, they'd be on pause but yeah. you know, seven years four years sometimes it all depends on the the replicant and, and what version of the story yeah you uh you read um so anyhow um we have 400 redesigns and we'll see what type of uh, celebration that we do. We'll come up with something fun or whatever. Um, but I was thinking about this. When we look back at these shows one day, we're going to sound like, um, you know, depression era. Like, I remember when I was waiting in line for food. I remember like it, it's going to sound so weird, maybe that it's like and it's in stock. It's like, what do you mean? Like, what, I know. Do, you, what do you mean? Like, well, there was, we... you know, there was the chip shortage of like 2008, but it was nothing compared to this. That was like, yeah. you know, we were out of stock for wasn't three like months or something. Yeah. This we were out of stock for like two years. And actually, I actually think it really like fucked up a bunch of engineers. Like, I know people were like, oh, it really messed, messed up everybody. Up. Really, like mentally, it messes you up. It, it messed up companies, have, people. No opportunity like, costs you name you it do? yeah there, there's so many different this is a very different world you know post post covid chip shortage and everything it's very different from the nature of work how people work to just how investments happen when companies how some people are deciding to do yeah. hardware now lots of different decisions and also there's a group of people that for three years or until they couldn't get something and they were lied to and they're never going to go with that chip vendor again there's a lot of that. Every every engineer has that company that they're like, I, I will Actually, never use or something. When, when I interviewed um Prusa for my article, he's like, ST screwed us over. Like he's, he's like, like, he's, like, he's like, they need to pay the price. They but they screwed me over a little bit yeah. too. Not as bad as microchip, but they did. Yeah. So there's like it's like, huh, I wonder why that engineer doesn't use that chip. It's like there's gonna be a lot of stories like that. Yeah, it's like the opposite of like, oh, I used this chip in college and so I really like them now. Yeah, it's like this chip during the great shortage, this is what happened to yeah. me. All right. So them's the questions. Okay. All right, that's our show for the night tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Don't forget the code is Little Power. Use it all the way up until 11:59 p.m. tonight. We're gonna go snack and take care of a baby. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. This has been an aid for production. Bye, everybody. Here's your moment of Zener. Have a great night.